I took an oath at the start of medical school, the, the Hippocratic Oath, to, to do what we can to preserve Save human life. Okay, so with that out of the way, um, let's talk about euthanasia. So, we distinguish the two first, so I just searched it up. And active euthanasia is killing a patient by active means. Uh, for example, injecting a patient with a lethal dose of a drug. So that's like, um, so they didn't have to die, and then they killed some like medical suicide, right? Yeah, so, any thoughts? I took an oath at the start of medical school. The, the Hippocratic Oath to, to do what we can to preserve life. human life. Mm. Yeah. And I think that is like a very direct way of going against that oath. Mm. But for me, what makes euthanasia something that I will never do is the existence of palliative care. So if you don't know what palliative care is, it's basically just like a, it's almost like a subset of geriatric medicine mm. where it's given to uh, patients who are have terminal illnesses and it's just giving them a very peaceful passing not necessarily in a way of giving euthanasia but more just making sure they have a very nice time in the hospital giving them mm. what they want maybe like if they want a, cup of, a can of beer just give a can of beer to them mm. but it's mainly just to ease the passing and to relieve the pain a little bit like, but not their like last it. wishes kind of yes thing. yes mm. but not to actively kill them actually around the because when you say which is Plus, you said that the oath was to like, like preserve life, right? Mm. But, I mean, if you if you take a look at it from like a like a suffering point of view, yeah. Like, so let's say instead of preserving life, it's reducing suffering, right? Do you think that 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 might that might change things? Like, so let's say for example, and I I think this is this it's 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 a common like, uh, point to raise regarding euthanasia, which is the amount of suffering the patient's going through. Right, so let's say they're having like one hell of a time because they're like suffering from five different illnesses at the same time, old age and whatnot, and pain. Um, then, but they're just not dying, right? Um, let's say they have like another six, seven months to go, that kind of thing. And the patient, and the patient just says, just, just kill me, though. I don't live really. Yeah. Is that not like a form of mercy also? Because, I mean, seven months of suffering is... is Subjecting somebody to seven months of suffering, and perhaps even against their will, is um, arguably worse than ending their life on the spot. And even if you believe that 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 the value of life is intrinsic, right? I think for me, if you <clears throat> if you just simplify it to <clears throat> patient circumstance, mm-hmm. ignoring what uh, hospital bids, economic needs, moral pressure, and all this, right? Uh, if you ask me. I believe that if there is no alternative to reduce the level of suffering, but then again, okay, I will say if there's no alternative to reduce the level of suffering, uh, it makes sense for euthanasia to be like a mercy. And I, and the thing is that, like, uh, I may not uh, feel as strongly as Abel does about the innate value of human life, because, like, I mean, honestly, if you ask me, I would rather, like, die at 80 than spend 10 years until 90 with a bunch of different diseases and having the 10 years being a burden to my family and everyone kind of starts, like, disliking me and stuff, right? Because I'm a, I'm a burden. Like, I don't want that to happen. So, 
if you ask me in a vacuum, just patient, just doctor, and if the patient desires it and the level of pain is like an unbearable level that can't be stopped, I do believe that it can be appropriate from my moral perspective. But then there also comes a line of where you draw off the suffering level, mm-hmm. which in some ways that comes down to the patient. But <clears throat> It's grey, right? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. very hard to pinpoint. If you, if you simply just say, like, leave it up to the patient, I think that, that can cause also, like, a, like a lot of problems. Because, mm-hmm. like, the patient also may not have, like, uh, the most sound mental state mm-hmm. when it comes to an evaluation of their situation. So then there's a, there's a, lot, of, there's a lot of facets. Uh, Eva, mm-hmm. what do you think? I think you raise a few good points. Um, I agree with you on the point of like the line, like where to draw the line mm. on how much suffering, uh, like the threshold of suffering that you have to have uh, to, to request, like for it to be allowed. Yeah. Like, because like suffering is, <clears throat> is relative, right? And yes. then there's also like physical suffering or like mental suffering mm. yeah. or like emotional suffering. So um, I think there's a lot of nuance to it because um, if we talk about like a terminally ill patient um, and assuming the fact that he cannot be cured and, and there are no drugs that can reduce his pain um, for that seven months. Um, I think in that case, uh, I can see the emotional appeal of, of euthanasia. Uh, I, can, I, can, I, can, I think I can understand the, the inclination to provide euthanasia. I think it's more useful to talk about euthanasia as as a as more of a, a, an overall policy, and mm. and, and how yeah. are you going to to differentiate between uh, this level of suffering and that level of suffering? Yeah. Or how are you going to like you talked about like the mental state, right? Or like of of the of the person like whether they can make sound decisions, and like how are you going to ascertain that that person is fully independent, fully sound mm. in making that decision? And not saying that while they are like in the throes of pain at that point in time. So, I, yeah, I think. The, the other thing is, uh, <coughs> it's, it's fair to say that it's it's an argument against simply because you can't draw the line. Like yeah, I do think if so. you can't place a like a like a level of suffering that you would allow euthanasia, then therefore mm-hmm. that it just shouldn't be placed at all. That you just shouldn't allow it because mm-hmm. I feel like it is definitely if if you have. I mean, and I think this is good, like, policy making. If you don't have a, a clear, like, bar that you have, like, a, a line drawn in the sand, right, then it's very easy to, to subject to, like, loopholes like, yes. and, and abuse of the, of the system. Like, people who find ways to work around. Um, of course, I mean, this is prevalent in, in a lot of things. Like, like, I mean, like, in the... Let's say, for example, to give a maybe more close-to-home and trivial example... Of like the SAF maybe, uh-huh. right? Then like the whole report sick kind of thing. Yeah. Um. When do you? When when will you? Um. When will you give MC? Let's say, and then like obviously you evaluate based on the on the, on the person who's telling you about it. But then, there's also like people yeah. who who like the king lah, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, either you don't give MCs at all because it's so easy to abuse, or you give MC hundred percent of the time to play safe, right? Not, not that you try to find a like a line. Let's say, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's exactly comparable. But I think you get what I mean. I, I get. Yeah. It. yeah. Um, I think for me, it's not just the line. Um, the line, like placing the line, is difficult. Uh, 
and that's one of the difficulties like policy wise but then I think um, morally um, I think from my personal standpoint is that it's just incompatible with um, like sanctity of life mm. but then I, I understand that like in like a secular healthcare system and infrastructure right you cannot uh, it's difficult to impose like your own personal morals yeah. on, on a situation mm. like this there has to be Morals that, that are held widely, yeah, you know. Okay, right. uh, but then, I, even then, I feel like there's an argument to be made for, for the sanctity of life, even in a secular secular perspective. It's, I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure that the law itself places like, value, yeah, places yeah. value on, on life. It's not that, you know, in secular law, they just yeah. like disregard it or mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then, I mean, the very fact that, that, that the medical industry exists implies that you know that there is something to be to be valued about it yeah so i think i think the question at the core of it is is it is it morally better to relieve the suffering or to maintain the life right like mm, yeah yes yeah but the morals like when it comes to policy making the morals have to follow like the Either a certain powerful people or the majority are depending on the mm. on the state. Mm. And the thing about the thing about morals, okay, there are some things where you can say like uh like ninety nine percent of people will say murder is wrong, right? Morally wrong. But then like when you reach a point like this, it comes back to the line, right? Because mm. honestly, I don't believe that we can really draw a line. That's why you have seen no country all not that I know of. Mm. No like draw a line in like in between like mm. like it's when you like, can use yeah it. it's kind of like euthanasia allowed euthanasia is bad mm. right I feel that as with most things that are that are banned it it also like as in most let's say personal decisions that are banned like mm. like they don't allow you to make this decision it's mainly because it affects other people also I think like I mean let's say let's say mm. why do we ban things like 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 drugs for example, right? And then, um, I'm guessing, like, it's like, if, if it only affects yourself, if it's only for your own personal consumption, then okay, fine. Like, I mean, sure. But if it starts to affect other people, which is where I, I do think drugs does, then that's where the, the government steps in and says, okay, look, you, you can't make this decision for yourself because it doesn't just affect yourself. Mm. So that's why I think it's okay, I would be okay for active euthanasia because it's just you. Like, it's, it's, I mean, you, you could say that it makes your family sad, but, I mean, if you discuss with your family and come to a decision, then, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't see anything wrong with it. Like, I mean, a, apart from the, the idea of, uh, of intrinsic value of life. Yeah, that's the only thing stopping. Actually, it would be helpful, right? I think there are some countries that allow euthanasia for, uh, I think, for, like, a certain condition. Like, I don't know if it would be useful to, like, look at these. I think mm-hmm. like Norway or like all those like Scandinavian countries, uh, they allow. Yeah. <clears throat> um, also, also just just while he's checking, just be like curious, right? Like, so, I think there's there's one time in euthanasia where they allow is like the doctor prepares all the chemicals, right? Then they like, yes. put the IV drip, mm. but the person, the patient, has to press the button. Yeah. To start the drip. Mm. So, oh. would you? So that's like the, I think the the most like patient-independent kind of thing, but like, would you inject a patient who cannot inject himself, who cannot press the button? Yeah. 
That's a very good point. Yeah, it's because like it's very problem. easy. It's very easy yeah, it's to like say. Yeah, it's like a trolley problem. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it's really a trolley like, problem. Is it is it the same thing yeah. morally to provide the means of death and to deliver the death? Right, like. Yeah, yeah but this is I, not a trolley problem. Yeah, I know this is definitely yeah. not a trolley problem. Mm. So. It says in the Netherlands, the patient suffering must be unbearable, with no prospect of improvement. That's actually, I think that's a pretty decent line, honestly. Yes. No prospect of improvement and unbearable amount of suffering. Suffering need not be related to a terminal illness and is not limited to physical suffering such as pain. Yes. It can include, for example, the prospect of loss of personal dignity or increased personal deterioration or the fear of suffocation. The Belgian law is similar. Patient suffering must be constant, unbearable, resulting in serious incurable disorder. No requirement that patients be diagnosed with terminal illness. In Canada, patients will qualify for assistance if they have a grievous and irremediable uh, medical condition. And then the five US states permit assisted dying only, so the patient must be terminally ill. Ah, so this is passive, la, right? Mm. Because. That, that's that's yeah, really it's not passive, right? though. Is it not? Because. Oh, ass- no, okay, no, yeah, no, it's no. not, it's not. This assisted death. Correct, so. no, active, I think they're yeah. Two, yeah, yeah. a bit two different ones. Yeah, yeah. They are about the same, it's just that mm-hmm. it's the method of delivery. But they, they, so, like, passive is like they would have died if you didn't. Correct, like, a passive is like this guy is on an ICU, on a ventilator. Mm. Without a ventilator, they would die. Yeah. So, like, I think active is like this guy is like gasping for breath on his own. Like, he's in pain. But he, he is not. He's, so he's, he's self sustaining, you know, like. But mm. then you inject him with like lethal drugs. Mm. Okay, okay, so, so. okay, so but I think isn't it a bit worrying like if you look at that like terminally Ill, terminal illness is not required. Mm. So that means as long as you claim like that you have yeah. a like a mental illness that's certified Something by a that psychologist. Mm. Yeah, I think the part that scares me is the part that where they say uh it's incurable but it may not be terminal. Correct. So like autism mm. is incurable, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, mm. and yeah, like, right? disabilities are incurable. Yes. Like, me being like paralyzed from like the waist down, mm. is it terrible? Yeah. yeah. Mm. But I definitely still can live with it until I'm ninety. Mm. So, so uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of based on on the patient's perspective, and and no, but the problem is that every patient has a different perspective. No, correct. Yeah. So so then then it becomes the case of like, if. If in, su- in such laws, right, that means technically if you, you say like, I suffer severe depression, right, I've gone for like counselling through the years, it hasn't worked, so I can, I can say it's incurable, and it's, it's great suffering for me, right, and so it's certified by like, psychologists or anything, uh, and then I request for euthanasia. So what's the difference between that and, and committing suicide as, as someone who has severe depression? Mm. And, 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 and it, what, so the, question would be what is different and would that means would that justify suicide since euthanasia is allowed mm-hmm. that's yeah. true that's true that's a good point i mean euthanasia active euthanasia is true i just suicide but in the hospital yeah like, like, and yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point actually because if you if you allow it morally if you allow euthanasia morally mm. then you have to allow suicide morally as well right because yeah, yeah. but i think the distinction there is I think people, a lot of people frown on suicide, not really because of the implications it has on the person itself, but more of the, the ripple effect it has on like, the family, yeah. the friends, everyone who depends on them maybe. Mm. But I think to me the distinction between these two is that suicide is something like, 
you know, like you don't really tell people if you're gonna commit mm, suicide. Yes, but okay. euthanasia is something that generally is is discussed mm. with friends and family. But in these situations, I'm I'm not sure whether the law dictates this. Uh, but I mean, the the euthanasia might just be a form of a night you really feel really painful and you just call the doctor without calling anyone else and saying just inject me with something, right? So, would it would it would it be better if euthanasia had to require like your relatives' consent or so? But then then again, but then you could go hold the them back, right? The relatives might. There's there's a very good chance the relatives will just say no. Yeah. Because the relatives want to keep you alive. Okay, but that isn't the whole point of the, the argument of euthanasia is independent, like an independent choice. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, okay, but in a sense then, if you're saying that the problem with suicide is that it's unannounced and not in consultation, then, yes. then isn't euthanasia just publicised suicide? Like, this is the date of my departure. Disclosed. Please, please attend my sense of party. That's true. You know. Wait, actually, Eva, what was your like, What's your idea of what is wrong about suicide? Suicide? Yeah. Like, my personal idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I identify as Christian. Mm. Uh, and I think, morally, um, there's a very core belief that, that, that life is given by God. Mm. Um, and only God can take it away. So, uh, I'm not saying that Humans don't have the free will to take it away. Like people commit suicide all the time. It's it's that humans should not be taking their own life, mm. right? Uh, because that life that they have is given by God, and, and it's therefore like therefore sacred and something that uh, should not be violated even by mm. themselves. Yeah. Mm. Um, and also, I think. Your point about suicide is not is frowned upon because of its ripple effects, is true. But then I also think that there is that that core wrongness about it. Even even if you feel like even if your family is okay with you leaving, you know, uh, the fact that you and and yourself, I'm not I'm not very sure how to describe this, but like, um, I think most people will feel a sense of unease. That mm. I'm not sure how to quantify it, and yeah. I can't. I haven't thought about it enough about why there is that sense of unease when uh, someone takes their own life. Yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely can't like refute on the on the religious front. I mean, and I think it's I think it's it's valid, you know, um, the idea of, of of life being sacred. Um, I just wonder if that's the that's the only uh, way to refute it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Because from things that if you would try to convince a non-Christian, no, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. That's why it makes things a bit more difficult. I realize. No, no. So, but then, okay, I feel like Christianity doesn't have to come into the, the topic of euthanasia, though. Uh, maybe, maybe for some, actually, for most topics, yeah, I think for some controversial topics like uh, religion might have to come into play. Uh, I think especially for like like uh, LGBT and homosexuality things like that, mm. uh, you might need to appeal to religion, but. Um, but for euthanasia, I think because in today's society there is still that agreement that life is valuable. Yes. Okay. Uh, and that life is something that should be preserved. Mm. Uh, and and that's enshrined in the law, right? And I think in most people's conscience, consciences that, mm. that that life, life is, life is not like a, a, a means to an end. It is like 
the value is within that life itself, right? Uh, the value is not in what that life can provide you, or that what that life can provide to others. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, if then the question becomes: So is that life is the value of that life more valuable, or the value of that person's well-being more valuable? So that's the first problem, and the second problem is that do we do we price uh, independent choice above everything else? Mm. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, there's some things that you that you do not allow shouldn't be allowed to do la, yeah. to yourself. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think let's let's take a let's take an easy to easy to refute uh, scenario, which is if somebody is not uh, of sound mind, let's say. So if they're not of sound mind, and let's say they want to do some things like mutilate themselves, kill themselves, whatever, uh, doesn't affect other people, it's just to themselves, right? destroy their body, that kind of thing. Um, I think it's very easy to say we should not let them do that. So, you know, we, should, we should restrain yeah. them and maybe try and send them to counselling or whatever. Um, yeah, and so I think that's one example where, where um, it, you can defend the fact that some people shouldn't be allowed to make decisions for themselves. That, mm. uh, yeah, maybe some something is more valuable than something about themselves. Let's say is more valuable than uh, giving them the autonomy to, to mm. do it, mm. right? So okay, so then now we can bring it to to uh, someone of sound mind, la, right? Um, if you are of sound mind, should you? be allowed to make a decision for your own body, um, your own life, let's say. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's great because, and, I, and I, I think the reason why that's great is because we respect the, the sovereignty of, of an individual. Correct. Right? We respect the fact that, that, that as, as person to person, um, generally we do not want our wills to be taken away from us. Yes. Right? We do not want our will to, to be gone against yeah so I think maybe at the end of the day it comes down to, to which you prize more law um, sovereignty sovereignty of the person's will or um, the life which they which they live mm. yeah in the case of euthanasia we are saying that the the well-being the judgment of well-being or the assessment of well-being is made by the patient yes right? so the patient says my well-being right now is in such a terrible state that I choose to be free from this negative well-being as opposed to continue living, right? So you're allowing the patient to make the, the judgment on, on that weighing of the well-being. Okay. Um, but I think in a lot of circumstances in society, we, we make judgments on others' well-being for them, uh, and it's a simple case of like why school is mandatory. Mm, okay. Like, if you ask children, a lot of them would say it's better for their well-being to play computer games yeah. rather than to attend school. Mm. Right, and wake up at six a.m. every day. But mm. because we make a judgment for them that it's better for their well-being to attend school, so we make it mandatory. I think that's just like a, that's a simple example. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we can do that because children we we deem children to be some not of a fully independent mind. Not mature enough to understand. Not mature enough to understand. Um, and so, if a patient is in that suffering and in that pain, then the question is that, 
do we deem them fully independent because like would their choices be counted by their pay? You know what I mean? Mm. Once you're in that state, mm. you're unable to make like a very Yes, correct. Yeah. That sounds but I guess I guess I think the using the school example there's a bit of a No, I know I know they're not equivalent. I'm just No no I, just, I, I yeah, yeah I get what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but I guess okay, but I mean I just want to get back to the school example for a bit because I think we not only do it because we think the children are immature and are not mature enough to, to make decisions. I think it's because we know that maybe sending them to school will give like a like a like a better like future outcome for them. Mm-hmm. Like we know because like honestly you ask me, I'm at I'm twenty twenty one years old this year, right? If I want to sit at home and and, and, and game instead of going to school, right? And like without any like Honestly, half my mind just telling me to just stay at home and be like, right? Because I think it's just, and so in the end, it comes down to whether or not we are able to make a judgment as to as to is them living some more like better, better, better. Yeah. So how sure we are that, right? Yeah, and I think that comes with a lot of things. Like, I honestly think the biggest like, uh the biggest crux of this problem is people's differing views on the value of life itself, mm. right? Because you value life a bit higher, then you believe that they shouldn't end it. You value life a little bit lower, they believe that the suffering is not worth it, right? Mm. So, I think, I think in the end, it kind of goes in circles unless you address this like one issue that mm. people I agree. face. Yeah. Mm, I agree. And it can't be addressed it, it's yeah, definitely yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely not going to come to a solution. Yeah, 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 this like yeah, usage yeah, is good, usage yeah, yeah. is bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just to tease out the nuances yeah. of. Yeah. Of, and also, I think, um, like what you said at the start, I think it's used to weigh euthanasia against other options like palliative care. Yes. Uh, and 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 how palliative care has advanced uh, through the decades. To have, like, I mean, we have like more drugs nowadays that can mm. relieve suffering yeah. not just like morphine and, and yeah and so I think it shouldn't be considered in a vacuum uh, that euthanasia or suffering you know like we can consider yeah. like euthanasia or like palliative care with mm. less suffering uh, or, or nothing at all yeah so the, the weighing becomes a little bit more complicated, complicated yeah. that's why at the start I kind of said that like if I had a choice between a very robust palliative care system, I wouldn't want to offer euthanasia mm-hmm. because yeah. I think there are alternatives. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I, I think also that if the alternatives run out, but then again, it's like, mm-hmm. when do the alternatives run out, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. 